and then a quick note before we turn it over to George here. So we are, so me and David Dewar and maybe another mystery guest uh, will be teaching a college class this summer. So if you're a college-aged human, we're going to be doing a uh, class. Uh, we, we're still working out the, the title, but I think we're landing pretty close on the DTRs of life. Um, so DTRs are defining the relationship, and so it's a relationship type class, so it will be awesome. Talk about all types of relationships, so definitely be on the lookout for that. And then there'll be other wonderful classes that will be happening uh, this summer, too, on Sundays. So be a part of those. Okay, George Coleman. All right, very glad you are here. We are on uh, episode seven, so very appropriate. Uh, the, the clips I've picked out today, it turns out they kind of revolve around three different characters from this movie. The first one is about Finn, then we're going to talk about Ray, and then we're going to talk about Kylo Ren. So that's the basic plan of the class. Uh, so this first clip is about five minutes long. It's, it's about uh, Finn as a stormtrooper. And uh, one of the things that struck me as I was thinking about watching this movie with the the question of what kind of spiritual lessons can we draw from this. What, what do you do when you're in a situation where you're in a job or a situation where people are expecting you to do things that you have a moral problem with? So I think Finn is an example of somebody who is asked to do things that he starts to have a conscience about and then he becomes this model for how to respond to that situation. So um, that's my ideas. There may be other ideas that are sparked. You never know until you watch a movie in church how it's going to hit you. It's amazed me every week that it's one thing to watch a movie you know, in your living room or at the theater, but then you watch it in church and these different themes just kind of the stick out to you. The Holy Spirit <laughs> is with us. The force. May the, the for, Holy Spirit force be with us. <laughs> hey, it's the last week. We can mesh these things together now and say things that uh, would be blasphemous elsewhere. All right, so about five minutes here, and then we're going to try to get through four different clips, so I'm going to just give you a short, maybe two minutes to talk with each other, and then we'll gather that and go to the next. So.
Look how old you become. Something far worse has happened to you. You know what I've come for. I know where you come from. Before you called yourself Kyle Loren. The man to Skywalker. We know you found it. And now you're going to give it to the First Order. The First Order rose from the dark side. You did not. I'll show you the dark side. You may try. But you cannot deny the truth. That is your family. You're so right. Submit your blaster for inspection. Yes, Captain. And who gave you permission to remove that helmet? I'm sorry, Captain. Report to my division at once. All right. There may be 
something to be said here in the whole movie about the masks and the helmets and removing his helmet and all that. But uh, take about, I'm just going to give you two minutes to talk amongst yourselves about things from this clip. If you know some of Finn's backstory, filled in even beyond the movie, share that with each other and then share it with us about the stormtroopers at this time. And, and uh, they're obviously not clones now. Um, but uh, share some things amongst yourselves and then we'll come together as a, as a group. Two minutes. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's go to 13, 14. 13, 14. Yeah. We got too many clips to watch. That's uh, what's his face? Boba? Boba Fett and Django Fett. Yeah, yeah. Django was they a, cloned yeah. everybody They cloned Django, Django yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so he, they took the children and kind of like indentured service mm -hmm. from the parents and couldn't pay off the debt. Finn, Finn 2187 is one of those. Yeah. Here's one for you. You know, Captain Fasma has that silver. Yeah. Uh -huh. Her armor is made out of metal from Padme's ship from episode one. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's awesome. I wish she had a bigger role. I think she caves too easily in this movie when they say put down the shield. She's like, okay. I think they Wouldn't, cut out a lot of her stuff. Yeah. I wish Natalie Portman was just in every movie. <laughs> every movie. All uh, every movie. I turn on TV there. Okay. Natalie Portman. I'll watch that. Did you see Beautiful Girls? Like her when she was a little. <laughs> it's kind of weird because Wendy thinks it's weird because I think. Cute little girl I, I in that. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad this is being recorded right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's um, let's share some things together. Um, um, yeah. What do you what do you get? What do you guys have? He's a child soldier, basically. Yeah. He was always forced into this, but this was actually, canonically speaking, his first real combat situation. Uh, beforehand, he was just a janitor, so naturally, you know, actually being told to, okay, massacre all these innocent villagers, doesn't exactly sit well for the guy who's basically been a slave all his life. Yeah, yeah, very good. It's the first time he really starts uh, getting the seeds of rebellion planted in his mind, which yeah. happens with a lot of people in dark situations. Like yeah, that. and if you think about how maybe to, to, to apply this to our lives, um, we are socialized to think certain ways about certain things. And that process, I mean, 
we are socialized because that turns us into people who act the way the market wants us to act or the government wants us to act. And when there are things that happen that make you think, maybe this isn't right, I think we need to be aware of those situations uh, because that might be ways of noticing how we've been socialized to act a certain way that is not true. Um, I, I have never, I've never been in the military. I did train as an Army SEAL, as a Navy SEAL, sorry. That, that shows you uh, by watching all the movies. But um, I think in the military, one of the things you're not allowed to do is, at least in the movies, is question, an, you're not, to decide which orders you want to follow, you're supposed to just follow all the orders. And you're not supposed to question that? Yeah, good. Um, my family, um, I come from a military family. Typically how it goes if you're in the Army, when it comes to being delivered an order, if you think that the order is completely unethical, you are allowed to challenge it, but yeah. you have got to be able to prove it. Like say, for example, you're at war, and your uh, superior officer gives you an order to go in and burn down a village with a bunch of women and children in it. Yeah. You as a soldier can stand there and say, I don't understand this, that is not right, it's unethical, I refuse. But that's it, it has to be unethical. Yeah. And then you have to have witnesses who can verify yeah. that that's what happened. Yeah. Of course, in situations like this where ethics is thrown out the window when, to begin with, it doesn't yeah. exactly have to Right, yeah. yeah. It's, it's all in the beauty of war and crime and all that. Yeah. 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 It's good, thank you. prisoner death camps, the German soldiers were found guilty even though they were following the Yeah. That's right. There's lots of movies about that too. Mm -hmm. a, what's the submarine one with uh, Denzel and Hunt for Red October? Oh, yeah. Hunt for Red October? No, no, no. U571. U571. No, the Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Go big orange. Um, yeah. Now, I don't know how long this empire has been going on. But it seems like if they were going to take slaves as soldiers, were they breeding them or just taking slaves? That's my question. Because it seems if you, you're going to take the people who are most <coughs> likely to follow orders and to go along with that, yeah. and then breed those to keep you would the ones that are soft or nice or happy, whatever. You don't want those. Yeah. You want the kind that's gonna. Be so you're you're asking, are they? I don't think they're breeding them anymore. Is that what you're at? Like, yeah, are they breeding or are they just capturing slaves and having them do it? Are they just capturing? There's not breeding ammunition. They're just capturing, like, Finn's okay. parents. Was he an orphan already or did they take him away from? He's an orphan know. now. Let's just put it down. He's an orphan now. Okay. So at some point they're, and, and I actually read an article on, um, it's in the Star Wars and Philosophy book about cloning and the, um, he talks about the ethics behind using a clone army that's been kind of breeded and genetically manipulated to be more those who follow orders and things like that. And he was saying, is that really a bad thing? Would that really be a bad thing if we could have a fighting force of people that um, are more likely to raise less questions and to follow orders and that type of thing? Yeah. I was in the military, and they may say that about the ethics and stuff like that, but throughout basic training, throughout everything, throughout the whole stuff, 
they want to find people who will follow orders unconditionally. Yeah. They can they basically training the valve finding who will do that. Yeah. And even once you're in active duty, you're in situations where religion, all the other aspects are frowned on because that competes with the military. Yeah. So you're supposed to put them first. Yeah. And, and I do, there, there are situations where burning a village of women and children, you might be, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But then there's all these different gradations of, well, is that really correct to do X, Y, or Z? And, and they don't really want you to think in the terms of, should I follow this order or not? Yeah. I just thought it was interesting that Kylo Ren felt a disturbance, I guess, when there was compassion shown. Yeah. Like when Finn didn't do something and was having this, it appears that Kylo Ren felt something. Yeah. And almost a tug back to what he was trained, like his, mm -hmm. his family. Yeah. Because the, the command that he had just given, almost like it was eating on him that he had just given mm -hmm. that command and then he to see it in action that someone's not doing that mm -hmm. was a kind of one of those movie reminders of where you see someone who's doing what they're not supposed to do see something yeah. that's kind and it makes that switch. Yeah, good. There's a similarity there to Harry Potter where you know, Harry was saved because of compassion and love. And, and so I think the, it's not said outright, but in the Star Wars movies as well, the idea that compassion and love and those things have a strange and very basic power over events mm -hmm. in our lives and the world in general. Uh, so it's, yeah. you know, just like the dark side has its power and the force is yeah. the force, but there's hey, these, these good things really have their own special, what's the term they use? Old, old, magic. old magic or something. That's the, I forget which one that's in. But Old magic is um, yeah. C.S. Lewis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I think that's right, though. And it, it also leads into, we're going to watch some clips about Ray now. And, yeah, any kind of seed of compassion kind of feeds, and, and the movies kind of show that that can build and create a force in the universe, so to speak, um, that, that can be used for good. So... Um, Let's, we're going to watch two clips on Ray, one from her early life and then one where she's, um, I kind of take it as a call to ministry, which she kind of rejects. But um, we're, we're going to start with kind of her backstory of as somebody who's waiting. And I, you know, in some ways that, that appeals to me as the way we feel about as Christians. We're waiting for somebody to return and rescue us and what do we do in the meantime and that type of thing. So um, let's watch this for a few minutes, and then we'll skip to another part. What you brought me today is worth one quarter portion.
Where do you come from? Classified, really? Me too. Big secret. Nima outpost is that way. Stay off Kelvin Ridge. Keep away from the sinking fields in the north. You'll drown in the sand. Don't follow me. Town is that way. No! Look at cat In the morning you go. Okay, while I set up, I'm going to fast forward a little bit, but somebody, everybody talk about what that helmet is she's wearing and anything else that, um, that you saw on that while I set this up. All right. Sorry. All right. What? What's she? Um, what is that helmet? What's that helmet? It's an X-wing helmet. So she is. What's her? What's her story? She looks like she had a, a little doll of a a rebel, a Jedi fighter, or rebel fighter, or something. So she's got something going on there, and all those marks. She's been there a long time since she was a little girl waiting. Um, now we're gonna, and she showed compassion. She showed compassion to the little droid. That's key. Um, now we're gonna jump ahead to later in the story where she. There, there used to be, apparently be a, a Jedi, or maybe just a Force power where if you touched an object, you could sense what that object had been part of or something like that. The life of its owner. The life of its owner. So she's going to tap into that here. And this is where I think she gets her calling and she rejects it.
Pobos. I shouldn't have gone in there. That lightsaber was Luke's and his father's before him. And now it calls to you. I have to get back to Jack. Han told me. Dear child, I see your eyes. You already know the truth. Whomever you're waiting for in Jakku, they're never coming back. But there's someone who still could. The belonging you seek is not behind you, it is ahead. I am no Jedi, but I know the Force. It moves through and surrounds every living thing. Close your eyes. Feel it. The light. It's always been there. It will guide you. The saber. Take it. I'm never touching that thing again. I don't want any part of this. <laughs> okay. Take one minute. Talk amongst yourselves about things you saw in that, and then we'll come back together. No, it's not canon. It's but not canon. canon. Is canon only the movies? Yeah. So they were, weren't they implying in the extended stuff that she's some rebel pilot's daughter or something? Or, you know, yeah. Like, nobody really knows. So, nobody uh, really knows. He, he knows I think maybe Luke's. You see, he, she think, he thinks it's Luke's too. Yeah. I, like, I, I wouldn't necessarily doubt that, but it feels like it's a little bit too easy. Yeah. To be, I mean, because that's obviously what they're implying. Well, if when you touch an object, you see what that person's life experience, and that's Luke's lightsaber, and she sees somebody leaving, that's her, but maybe Luke is, since it's in that vision, he was there on Jakku. 
maybe. That's my theory. But. It's really cool, though, at the end when she gives him the lightsaber and he turns around and sees her. Well, he, he was devastated by what happened with them. All right. I got you. Thank you, man. All right, let's, uh, let's combine just a few thoughts on this scene, and then we're going to do the, um, the very sad scene in the movie. But, um, what do you guys got? Ray, what, what's her story? Yeah. Left behind on Jakku, waiting for her parents the entire time. And, and who are our parents? Nobody knows yet. Somebody knows. Come on, does somebody in this class not That's know? J.J. Abrams. <laughs> Only J.J. Abrams knows. I mean, there's a bunch of fan theories bouncing around right now, but until episode eight or maybe even Rogue One comes out, we won't know anything. Yeah, that's sad. <laughs> I think she looks talk about waiting. Luke's daughter. <laughs> I'll put my money on Luke's daughter. Let's let's get a pool going. That or she's Kylo's twin. Yeah. Ky Kylo's twin. Ooh. Okay. All right. Any any spiritual themes from this that you want to throw out? There's this whole thing about life in this thing. When they, right before that scene begins, when they land on that planet, I forget what it's called. She says, "I, I never knew there was this much green in the entire galaxy." Because she comes from a desert right. planet, and you see her kind of going through the metamorphosis from this dead person to, and then Maz even says, "You know, your your belonging is ahead of you, not behind you." Yeah. So it's kind of a, it's a seasonal change for her. Yeah. I love that line. Your your, what is what's she has ahead of you? Your belonging is ahead of you not behind you that's i can live on that for a while i think i can that'll help me this week what's that yeah yeah and there's a yeah and there's a who's the pilot what's his name poe says something like as long as there's light there is hope because the sun is draw they're drawing on the this planet's sun to make this and he says as long as there's light there is hope so there's some of that here. Yeah. And in this scene that we're about to watch, I'm going to go ahead and move us to the next scene. It gets dark right at the moment the sun starts to go out. Very symbolic. But um, if this is a spoiler, so again, if you haven't, if you don't know yet, what's wrong with you? But um, here we go. <laughs> Take off that mask. You don't need it. What do you think you'll see if I do? 
the face of my son. son is gone. He was weak and foolish like his father. So I destroyed him. That's what Snoke wants you to believe. But it's not true. My son is alive. No. The Supreme Leader is wise. Snoke is using you for your power. When he gets what he wants, he'll crush you. You know it's true. It's too late. No, it's not. Leave here with me. Come home. We miss you. I've been torn apart. I want to be free of this pain. to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Can you help me? Yes, anything. Um, do you think he, when did he decide, when did he decide to go through with it? When the light went out. When the light went out? Was he, did he already, was he just, was he just kind of letting on or did he, yeah, go ahead.
how can you look somebody in the face and ask them to help you and then just decide to kill them? He's being torn apart. He's being torn apart. Professor Snape is too smart to fall for that. I don't care who it is, but he realizes that Snoke is using Kylo. Yeah. And he knows, I mean, he just saw their capital system get blown up. He's already seeing the sun go down. So he knows that these guys are a real threat. Yeah. Let himself instruct him like a leader. says, you know, I'm being torn apart. I know exactly what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Han knows exactly what he means. He knows that one way or another, either they're both leaving or he's not. Mm. Maybe Han shot first. <laughs> In the, we'll wait for the new edition. Oh, George Lucas isn't here anymore, so maybe we won't get any new editions. What I'm saying is, yeah, the face touching thing I thought was was a cool moment. Yeah, I, there there are tears in his eyes. Uh, I think I'd, I'd like to think that he. He at one point was going to give the lightsaber over, and then the darkness comes, and he just like. You can also no. see yeah, he's trying to take it and. Wow! There you go. Han turned on the lightsaber. That's crazy talk. It's crazy talk. Maybe a lot of fan theories about that. There you go. Well, we'll wait for the. Episode 8. So excited. Thank you very much for being part of this class. Thank you for your participation. Go back and watch the movies again. And if you see new things, let me know. Be, email me. Thank you. Thank you very much.